2: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you again for joining us. It's episode 183 and joining me, as always, is the crew. Hello, Gareth. How are you? Hi, I'm great, thank you. Jolly good. And John's here as well. I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, John, are you there? I'm here. He sounds reasonably happy as well. <laughs> oh, he definitely shouldn't be. He shouldn't be this happy, no. Nah. And also, Susan's here. Hello, Susan.
3: Hi
1: Adam and hello everyone.
3: And
2: for a second episode in a row, Katie isn't on a roof.
1: <laughs> I am not. I am in my own house. Look this at that. Time. What? I'm actually
2: in my living room. What? You're actually at home.
1: I'm actually at home. What's yeah.
2: going on? What? How did? How has this happened?
1: I'm not sure. I, I needed to do something about it. I am going to London later this week, so okay. I'm not at home all week. So that's good. Is
2: this like the first episode you've actually recorded in your own house, or have we done one before?
1: Um. No, it's. I think this is the second one that I've done in my own
2: house. <laughs> oh, okay. Second one you did in your house. But we have to have. To, we have to say congratulations to Katie as well because you got some really exciting news this week, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. i got some really exciting news this week. So, as some of you may know, I volunteered last year on Cordwell Children's Destination Dreams trip. And I found out this week that I've been chosen to volunteer on the trip again this year. So, I will be off to Disney World in December with 25 fantastic families for the holiday of a lifetime.
2: Excellent. So, there you go. Kate's off to do that as well. So, well done. Big round of applause to you. Um, Thank you. I'm feeling a bit achy today. Oh yeah, you did Tough Mudder. I did Tough Mudder yesterday. Yeah. Oh my word, uh, it was brilliant fun. Uh, of course, raised money for Cordwell Children, just as Katie's doing. Um, and but I, yes, I've got a few bruises here or there. Uh, there's some amazing obstacles uh, doing it, but uh, it was well worth um, doing the whole thing. I had my Cordwell Children running vest on. Which, to be honest, after about the first half an hour, there was no point in me wearing it, because you couldn't read anything that was on it due to the amount of mud I was covered <laughs> in at that particular point. And it stayed like that for the majority of it. I think it was only towards the end that actually I started to uh, to look a little bit more normal. But um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I've got my next one in July, which should be good fun.
0: It's like one of those ones that you do at the time, and you're like, oh, this is awful, I'll never do this again, and then you kind of stop, and you go, actually, do you know what, that
2: was alright, I'll no, do it again. No, no, at no point have I, did I go, this is awful, I don't want to be doing this anymore, I love it, I have. I love doing them, they are so much fun, it's just at the end, when you kind of aching, last night, um, my legs had basically given up, I was like, I was walking around like some sort of elderly pensioner, um, but I'm alright today, I'm not too bad, so I can't complain, so that's all good. Um, right, so what's happening on today's show then uh, We've got loads of stuff going on this week uh, We've got Disney's Ultimate Attraction Which is our final uh, round It is the final um, We've got that going on Then as well as Disney's Ultimate Attraction We've got a Tomorrow's Child We did have an entry from Tomorrow's Child uh, Which we're going to be doing as well We've got John's Good, Bad and Ugly After his return from uh, from uh, the Disneyland I kind of forgot where he'd gone uh, it's Return to Disneyland, and then uh, I also spoke to Philip Swift, who is a filmmaker uh, for, and he made a documentary called The Dark Side of Disney, which uh, is currently available. and We spoke to him a little bit about the film, uh, and I've seen that, so that interview is going to be in there. And we've got something that we're going to kind of be having a go at, and we're going to get you involved in and trying to work out both um, both John and Susan have recently been off to a Disney theme park and what they did while they were there is they recorded some audio of different attractions little clips and things like that and we're going to get you to guess what those particular attractions are so uh, hopefully you'll be uh, you'll be able to do some of those so i suppose it start off with it is time for for the very last time I can't believe it's for the very last time disney's ultimate attraction here it is Okay, then it's, this is the all my attraction. To be honest, we shouldn't have that music, should we? Because this is the grand final. And Because it's the grand final, we should have something grand final esque, I should think. Ooh. Like this. <coughs> Welcome Ladies to. And
1: gentlemen, the chairman of the Imagination
2: Institute, Dr. Nigel Channing. There you go, Nigel Channing's uh, hosted it, so uh, there we go. It is the final of Disney's Ultimate Attraction. We have two attractions that are going to be battling it out against each other. And uh, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever known it to be closer than what it currently is. It's ridiculously close uh, as to what's going to happen with these two attractions. So just to remind you all, the final is between the Haunted Mansion and the Tower of Terror. I can tell you now, it it is so close... That however we vote, I think is going to win it. Okay, so depending on... But I'm not going to tell you who exactly, but I just know. and tell you now. I think whichever way we vote may just win it. So, who's going to start us off on the final round of um, this? John, start us off. What are you going to go for? I'm not sure if John can hear me. Okay, I tell you what, I'm going to start this off because uh, I'm not sure John can hear me at this moment in time. So, I think it's quite obvious which one I will be going for. If I was to choose between um, Haunted Mansion and Tower of Terror, it's going to be Haunted Mansion every time for me. And the reason it's going to be Haunted Mansion every time for me is because it is my all-time favourite Disney attraction. I like the Tower of Terror. I do like it. Uh, but the problem is is Haunted Mansion is from inspired by an attraction that was created by... Uh, oh uh, inspired by an attraction that Walt Disney count with himself which was the Museum of the Weird and this kind of Haunted Mansion came out of that it was kind of designed by some of the original Imagineers and as much as I like Terror of Terror my newfound love for Terror of Terror I don't think it's ever going to beat my love for Haunted Mansion um, I love the story I love the whole ride idea I just everything so for me, without a shadow of a doubt it's got to be Haunted Mansion um, John, are you there? I'm here. Right, so go on then. What are you going for? Haunted Mansion or Tower of Terror?
0: I am going for the Haunted Mansion.
2: Okay. It's Ooh. an absolute classic.
0: Yeah. Um, while I was gutted that it knocked Splash Mountain out, and obviously I would have gone for Splash Mountain. Yeah. Um, it's, it's If I had to choose between the two, it's got to be the Haunted Mansion. It's just, it's so engaging and it's such a great storytelling from start to finish. Um, yeah, so I'm going for that. Also, when I was out in uh, Disneyland, I bought a full-scale replica of the Haunted Mansion sign. Not the Tower of oh, Terror wow. one, the Haunted Mansion one. So I kind of think that shows my little dedication to it. That's cool.
2: Okay, so you're definitely going to Haunted Mansion. I think definitely this, Haunted Mansion. You know, story-wise, I think Haunted Mansion out completely outweighs Tower of Terror, but I'm not trying to persuade anybody at all. Right, Gareth, what are you going for? <laughs> um, <laughs> no pressure. I'm... I'm going to go Haunted Mansion as well. Um, I think it out of the two, it's the only one where an overlay actually enhances the attraction. Oh, yeah. I that's spoke awesome. about my, my fear of um, what might happen at Tower of Terror with the Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what I really, really would like to do is go to California and see the uh,
0: Nightmare overlay. It's, Haunted it's Mansion. amazing. They- it's Haunted- almost they, as see- good. It's- it's almost as good as the actual original version.
2: Okay, yeah, that's that's probably one of my top five films, not just Disney, just overall. I'd probably, I think, I'd probably enjoy that more than the actual Haunted Mansion. Fair enough. So yeah, I'm, I'm going Haunted Mansion. The thing is, you're right. You know, I think we look at the Tower of Terror stuff always with Tower of Terror. The problem I have is that Twilight Zone doesn't have. It doesn't mean anything to me. If it wasn't such a thrilling attraction, then I think I wouldn't i probably wouldn't bother with it because the the stories you know i've never really watched twilight the twilight zone at all um but um haunted mansion for me it's the whole it's how immersive it is and it's the whole story and it's the history of it as well which to me makes it an ultimate attraction because of it's it being the history rather than it being just a thrill ride right over to the girls then (laughs) susan
3: right See the thing i think what we haven't also covered on each of these rides and what i love about these rides as well is that the cast members within the rides as well Yes yeah, how they put point. The, their sort of characters within the rides down to um uh <laughs> that's the haunted mansion right.
2: saying there's space for one more ghost
3: yeah uh, yeah and it's like please fill up the dead air fill up the dead space please like it's that is it's hilarious and in the tower of terror where well the cast member i had when i went there recently he act, well as the doors were closing you just saw his face kind of like looking quite creepy and even then was yeah. quite i just love how even the cast members sort of like get involved with the ride as well it's like i don't think most other sort of rides within disney have that compared to those two rides um enough, which adds yeah. really good thrill but i think just going straight quick sort of thinking i'm, I'm sorry guys i'm going with tara Terror
2: okay katie
1: i had to give this a lot of thought because both of these rides are absolute must-dos for me and any trip to disney would not be complete without going on both of these rides but i have to go with the majority and vote for haunted mansion i think it's just obviously it's got that history that tower of terror doesn't necessarily have and I think as well, anyone can go on that ride, whereas yep. some people might be a little bit too scared to go on Tower of Terror. Um whereas Haunted Mansion, it really is all the family can go on. They might, little kids might be a mm. bit scared of the ghosts, but they're not they're, they'd be okay. Um I think the queue on Haunted Mansion as well is another plus point for it. It's yep. really interactive. Um, so it's, it's the queue for that ride just goes really quickly. Um, you don't feel like you're waiting at all. And yep, the stretching room's so iconic. I just think it has to
2: be Haunted Mansion mainly out of right. those two. Good point. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. So that's all the votes in. So this is the final. This is it.
3: Have you got a drum roll effect?
2: Have I got a drum roll effect? I might have a drum roll effect. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the winner of Disney Brits, Disney's Ultimate Attraction is... is... is coming out. <laughs> The quake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Happy Haunts There we go. It is the winner. Haunted Mansion is our Disney's ultimate attraction.
0: Yeah. I think I would have felt sad if one if, of the last attractions that Walt worked on didn't yeah, make it. Yeah, I would have And actually that.
1: that song Grim Grin and Ghost is another reason that it should have won as yeah. well
4: because yeah, um, song. that song's a great song.
2: It is. There we go, and I'm now. Do you know? I, I don't know whether anybody remembers, but way, way back, we um we said we were going to have to come up with our own predictions for what we thought would win Disney's Ultimate Attraction. Oh
3: yeah, what
2: did you say? I I went Haunted Mansion.
3: Really? Yeah, I
2: was Haunted Mansion, um and we didn't actually say on air what it was. We just wrote them down. I've got a funny feeling Alan went for something like Kilimanjaro or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know about his he's, he's clear man crush on, on Animal Kingdom. But uh, yeah, I, I went for Haunted Mansion and it turns out I was right. So I am pleased. I'm very happy that my favourite attraction of all time I believe I'm is here for the final.
3: Attraction. Like You've, you've had to be doing it for two oh, and a half, is it two years No, now? it's
2: probably about a year and a bit, I think. But yes, it finally made it, which is which is amazing, really. So I'm really pleased that uh, something like that won. That's good news. Very good news. I don't know what we're gonna do now. We need to come up with something new. What next? Disney Brits ultimate like I don't know (laughs) co-host. (laughs) <laughs> There's an ultimate co-host where we're going to put you in a ring together. You and all ultimate ex-co-hosts. paving stone. And we have oh, to, yeah, great. ultimate, Disney's ultimate trash can. <laughs> 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 be next. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Just a minute was enough. Just a minute, yeah. just Just a minute was more than enough. Brilliant! Okay. I missed
1: out on that, so we need to do
2: that again. Because I oh, oh here she oh, goes! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, I was I, I was on so. a roof somewhere without a signal, and you know I couldn't do it. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> anyway, we've got one of these to do now, so we're about to it. Right, we had a Tomorrow's Child, which I think turned out to be quite a tricky one for most people. We only got one entry in the end, and I've got to admit, I was rubbish. I forgot to ask my son several times, and uh, both Penny and Felicity, who are two and four, um, would struggle with this one. So I think it was quite a hard one for some people to do, which was, if you could design a really scary attraction for Walt Disney World, what would that scary attraction be? Um, So we got one in from Thomas. I'm going to play it to you. And while we're doing this, I want uh, another question from one of you guys. I'm going to ask you to come up with it this week. So, here we go. Thomas said the following. This is what he reckons would be a really, really scary uh, attraction in Walt Disney World.
1: It would be called Creepy Cabin, where you go on this roller coaster, and you go into a pirate ship, and lots of skeletons walk around, and once you've gone halfway through, a, z- a cardboard zombie jumps up at you from the ceiling, and when when you're close to the end, you get splashed with alien goo, which is actually dyed water.
2: Creepy cavern. Nearby. I like the sound of creepy cavern. I wonder whether Disney's going to steal it. You never know. Find it I love how specific
1: well. it was that it, was it would be specific. alien goo, but yeah. actually be water. So, um, water. good, Died water. Is yeah, it me,
2: or good. is there there's some inspiration there from Alien Encounter?
0: So Maybe just a tad. Don't wear white on this attraction.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's oh. true. With dyed water, <laughs> that's a very good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, do not wear it on this particular attraction. So there we go. Right. Okay. What we need then is from you guys a question. Has anybody got a question?
0: What um, about if you could do an overlay of one attraction what would it be and what would you do the overlay with
2: So if you could put something over the top of an attraction that exists Yeah So like, do you
3: like to change kind of thing that stays So same?
0: well no cuz like based on kind of like the nightmare before christmas overlay of the haunted mansion and mm. the ghost galaxy uh, halloween overlay of space mountain
2: So if you could so if, if you could take one ride and give it a different look like yep. overlay, what would it be? So, yep. what to imagine you talk about uh, the idea of Tower of Terror having Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy put over the top of it, rock and roller coaster could have a change or something like that. Oh, something, yeah. So, if you could take one attraction and change it a little bit, like they do with the Haunted Mansion and, and the Night Before Christmas, what would you choose and why? Okay, that's quite a good one. So, there's your one for the next one. Uh, do email us radio at disneybrit.com. And we will play all of those Tomorrow Childs on the next uh, show, which will be uh, in, in next full Disney Brit show, that is. Right. Let's see if we can make John cry, shall we? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> he's only oh, just that's come cool. back. That's
3: what we've come for today.
2: Uh, John's only just come back from Disneyland. And I don't think we've ever had a good Bad Ugly for Disneyland before. Uh, so John's come back, uh, having been away for, was it a week and a half? two weeks two weeks for two weeks and uh, he's gonna do his good bad and ugly for um for disneyland which will be interesting to hear what the differences are between those two parks so john it's over to you do you want to start us off on your good then what have we got going on here
0: okay for the good i've got seven good
2: seven wow. okay few. wow
0: seven good but some of them wow. are quite small so we won't, we don't worry we won't be here for days um the first good is going to be the 60th anniversary celebrations um they've done a fantastic kind of decoration of all the park everything's done in really nice blues and a lot of sparkles and the castle particularly looks amazing it looks so pretty with its diamond turrets and sparkly seat roof and and just all its lovely blue and white banners that it's got hanging down but as well as that they've also done um three sets of nighttime um spectaculars So they already had World of Colour there, um, and they've overlaid that with World of Colour Celebrate, which is um, like a celebration of the history of Mickey Mouse, Disneyland, and then kind of Walt itself. Walt himself, sorry. Then they've got um, the Paint the Night Parade, which is an extended version of the Hong Kong Parade, which is incredibly popular. It's also incredibly amazing to watch. And then the other one they've got is the Disneyland Forever Fireworks, um, of the of the three, I think the Disneyland fireworks is the weakest, um, and that's on because it really doesn't have anything to do with Disneyland or Walt. It's just kind of a history of the movies, and I think they've kind of missed a little bit of a beat there. But what they've done is they've taken the concept of Disney dreams from Disneyland Paris, so they've got the fireworks and they've got all those fantastic um, projections. But instead of just projecting them onto the castle, they project them onto every building on Main Street as well. So it doesn't matter where you're standing, you're right in the middle of it. And that was pretty, pretty special. Um, also, if you stay in the Disneyland Hotel, which I will mention later, um, they have a television station on the TVs. And you can, if you have a view of the park, you can watch the fireworks as they play with the same audio soundtrack, um, which was pretty cool. That's quite cool. Oh, well. like so that. the 60th anniversary celebrations were pretty, pretty, pretty decent.
2: It's because is an interesting one, isn't it? It's. It is. It's. I know it's diamond, obviously, but it's not one that you usually celebrate as big as they have with with the one this year.
0: No, no. Well, I, uh, I went to the 50th one um, as well, and they, they they really put the stops out for that. They opened new attractions, and yeah, they, I would get that. They painted loads of stuff gold, um, and they had a 50 hidden mickeys to all attractions um huh. but that but had the word 50 on them it was really it was really impressive the 50th it was, anniversary one
2: it was bigger than disneyland though wasn't it because it had that had a knock-on effect on attractions in other parks as well so yeah it know, did with, yeah because disney world, world took on attractions
0: and... from all over the world yeah so yeah some of which are still years. there and some of which are oh, now going. gone okay uh what's your next good uh, my next good is going to be the Seasons of the Force, which is the Star Wars overlay of Tomorrowland. Um, I think okay. Disneyland's Tomorrowland really struggles with an identity. You've got Disneyland Paris has got this fantastic kind of steampunk, kind of old school, futuristic Jules Verne style. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, Disney World, which is kind of almost like a retro future. Um, whereas Disneyland was obviously built in the fifties, and it was the nineteen fifties version of the future, and it's just it's a bit stale. So to give it this kind of Star Wars overlay, it kind of just makes it feel a bit more relevant. Okay, it's a bit more now-land than anything else, but it, it, it certainly is a vast improvement on on the, the kind of the, the very old aging. Tomorrowland that they have. Plus the overlays that they've done of the ride. So they've taken the old Captain Eo Theatre and they've put um, like a twenty minute clip of the history of Star Wars right up to the most recent film. Oh, and they cool. use all this it's it's really good. I mean it's it's kind of nice to get a bit of a refresher course, particularly if you've not watched episodes one two or three recently which i don't imagine many people go back to those three too often
4: Uh, um
0: it's kind of nice just to see the story beginning to end Um, and they use the special effects from the captain eo theater so you know like when you're in the millennium falcon and you fly, and the whole floor moves and they have thunder and lightning crashes and air and wind and it's it's really well done um and it but it's not in 3d uh that was probably my only thing i'd say maybe just put that extra element in it but put it in 3d but that was good as well Um, and then Hyperspace Mountain is just unreal. You're in the basically in the middle of a tie fight. Okay. And you're in um you're in an X Wing and you're in the middle of like a tie fight X wing battle and it's just it's really well done. It's, it's 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 it takes Space Mountain, which is already a superb ride, and just enhances that a little. I know there's some people that are kind of there traditionalists and they really prefer the, the, original, the version original version of Space yeah. Mountain and it's been a long time since I've been on the original version of Space Mountain and Disneyland and I kind of would like to see it again but I think this was really really impressively done. And they've got banners, good sides, light sides um, at night it looks really good because half of the park's in blues and greens and the other parks half's in reds. Yeah. It's, it's just it's really incredibly done and then add to that the launch bay uh, which I don't know what, it was, what it's like in um, Hollywood Studios but here, they've done it really well because it's in the old Interventions building, which yeah. in turn was the old Carousel of Progress. So it's pretty huge. And did they've got loads of loads. you little... do the meet and greet? Yeah, I yeah that's, that's where you do yeah. the meet and greet. They've got two. So they've got Kylo Ren and Chewbacca, and then they've got a bonus one that's apparently really rare, uh, which is Boba Fett. But we managed, we were really lucky and we managed to get the Boba Fett one in the cantina.
2: Okay. So did that was you, cool. Did you do the one in Florida season?
3: Um, yeah, I did the one in Florida. I didn't obviously do as much um, has to like probably see as much because they had in the launch. pad they had obviously where you can train to be a jedi and yeah. that's actually fantastic and that was quite regular actually so it wasn't like you had to wait like, all the kids had to wait a while until get, to get into the next group to then go on to do the uh training it was sort of consistent yeah which was really nice so uh so even if you just sit around you like for an hour you probably saw about a three oh, okay really nice. it's
2: really nice it's in the old art of animation building isn't it mm, yeah yeah okay right john what's your next good
0: uh, characters, the sheer volume of characters they have at the moment. Um, I don't think I've ever been when they've had so many characters. I think I had my picture taken with about forty different characters in the two weeks I was there. Oh. Um, whether that was just a cat, you know, whether it was a character breakfast or just generally them walking around the park yeah. or in their set locations, uh, it, the, the character was 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 pretty massive. The character count. and some really unusual ones as well. So, like, I met. Um, uh who did i meet lewis from meet uh, the robinson from princess and the frog oh sorry yeah um i met anna and elsa with about a two minute wait which was wow. pretty special <laughs> are you serious yeah two minute
3: wait <laughs> I to wait an hour two
0: minute <laughs> that's wait that's quite impressive uh met uh, rapunzel um red mater lightning mcqueen from um cars yeah, uh, Geppetto, fairy godmother, Cinderella, uh, sorry, Bert and Mary Poppins were just wandering around the park. There was there was loads. I also got to meet Judy Hop, Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde, which was pretty awesome. Oh, cool! Okay, so, so they're the characters, and there's pl- there's plenty of them. And that was only some of the ones we did. That's not even you know there's plenty more that we just didn't get the chance to see. So okay. you it
3: wasn't that busy with each character, you didn't have to wait in line for long.
0: Some of them were busier than others, so obviously Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde, um, because that's just come out, that was that was busy. Um but yeah. we were really lucky when we got to meet them because we perhaps waited ten minutes. We caught it just before the queue was oh, closed. Wow. Um things like Captain America, it was about an hour wait. Um <coughs> And everyone else said Yeah. Sorry. Anna and Elsa were normally about an hour, but we caught it on early magic hours.
3: Oh!
0: Um, and on the early magic hours, there everybody heads to Cars Land to try and beat the queue for Radiator really Spring races. So we were like, "Do you know what? We're going to take this opportunity to go meet Anna and Elsa." And we had one person in front of us.
3: Oh, that's a <laughs> dream. That's, that's the dream.
0: <laughs> yes, I wanted Olaf as well, but he wasn't showing up till later. Right. Okay. But yeah, just but, yeah, some the many. characters were great.
2: Okay, so that's really good news. Um, I think because you, it's almost like we've lost a little bit of that spontaneity, haven't we, with regards to characters in in Disney World. Disneyland Paris are very good at it, at just kind of throwing mm. some characters out there. The only thing is, what's what's you know, with some of those characters that are kind of wandering the parks and things like that, how was it well managed by the cast members? Because same
0: Paris when they did it, it's S- awful. Some of them didn't even have cast members with them. So we met oh, Peter wow. Pan and Captain Hook, and they didn't have a cast member with them at all. Um, I think because they were face characters themselves, Mm. they were pretty good in controlling the the crowds and the lines themselves. Um, Same with Mary Poppins and Bert. They didn't have anybody with them. Um, They were just kind of the free-roaming ones. Alice and Mad Hatter, we've seen them free-roaming a lot, and again, there was never a cast member with them. It was just them on their own. But I think that's true, the fact that they are face characters so they can talk to the crowds themselves and they can ask them to queue or move in a bit or yeah. you know go in this direction go in that direction oh sorry you're the last person because we did have that a lot we would try and join the back of a line for say maybe Alice in Wonderland um, and the Mad Hatter would um, and the, the family in front would say oh we've been told we're the last family and you go okay no problem and people were quite respectful of that which I found impressive as well
3: I would nearly not believe them when like, are you sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> and all of it it's odd what it's, only because it did happen to us as well. When we mm. met Peter Pan, we were told we were the last family that we were oh, okay. accepting of it.
2: Fair enough. Okay. Um, so that was good. What else you got there? What are we on? Is that the fourth? Uh,
0: that was the number four. Okay. At the Disneyland Hotel, which is obviously the original Disneyland Hotel, uh, we stayed there for the last three nights of our of our holiday, um, and I sent you guys some pictures yeah Um, just I've never stayed anywhere like it it was it was unreal Um, the the, the many hidden Mickey's some of which I didn't even see till the last day Um, like the the Mickey Mouse's hands holding the lamps in the bathroom and he's embedded in the carpets and he was in the bedding and he was in he was on the curtains he was on the bathroom tiles he was on the the taps and the faucets he was just it was everywhere (laughs) plus um, we had we were lucky enough to have the fireworks up our view of the park so we could watch the fireworks from the room at night uh but the pièce de résistance has to be the headboards the headboards above the beds was this huge hand carved wooden castle this sleeping beauty castle Uh, that when you pressed a button on the lamp by the bed it was called the good night kiss and it did a kind of fiber optic fireworks above the castle and played um a dream as a wish your heart makes from cinderella so I was really impressed by that. I was really impressed by all the Disney hotels in general. Um, I've stayed in Disney hotels in Florida and Paris. Um, mm-hmm. But these these kind of really knocked my socks off. They really did. They also had in the reception of the Disneyland Hotel, they had this big um, maybe tw- 15-foot map. Of the park when it first opened and it was illuminated and animated right. from behind so like dumbo would go around and um you would see the train shoot steam and the jungle crews would have water ripples in the water it was really really cool i, I really really was impressed by the disneyland hotel
2: okay oh, wow i i'd love to stay in one of the signature houses it's like i suppose what's the disneyland is a contemporary kind of disneylands version this sound pretty awesome yeah it does sound amazing
0: They've got all those ones around the the Seven Seas Lagoon, haven't they? It's the Polynesian, the oh, yeah. Grand Floridian, the Contemporary. They're all like the the
2: the big ones. So they're kind of the, the version of the Disneyland, aren't they? Yeah. Okay then. How uh, does uh, the
1: Disneyland Hotel compare to the Disneyland Hotel at Paris? Because it's a completely different theme, isn't
2: it? It's there?
0: completely different theme. Um, the I see. I find that I found that having never stayed in the Disneyland Hotel, but I have drank there. Um, I've stayed in the Newport Bay, which is probably the nicest. Disney hotel I've stayed yeah. in besides now the Disneyland hotel. Um, obviously architectural it's different. Um, but I found that it's the Disneyland hotel in California is very grown up. There's, they don't have hundred. They, while they do have children there, it doesn't feel like it's a kids hotel. Whereas I found that the Disneyland hotel at um, Paris, there's just a lot of kids running around and screaming um. and shouting. I don't know whether that's a European thing. Um. Or or whether it's just the time we went, but I just yeah, I thought that the Disneyland Hotel just had a little little bit more kind of grown up feel around it.
2: The I always feel really kind of uncomfortable when I go to the Disneyland Hotel at Disneyland Paris.
0: I do it first because you walk in and you think, Oh, I'm yeah. I'm not the kind of person they want to stay in here. But then I think when you go up to like you go up to the Cafe Fantasia bar Yeah. It's, it's not really a proper bar, it's just kind of a little alcove off the side of one of the main corridors. Yeah, There's yeah. so many kids running in and out because it's, you know, by like a big open atrium that I just... I I'm going to stick up, up it for it because I well. stayed
1: there last November and it was absolutely amazing. Oh, I would
0: love to stay there. Oh, no, I would have <laughs> tried. I just <laughs> always <there>. feel
2: uncomfortable. <laughs> um...
0: But just having never stayed there and only ever been through it and kind of drank there, that's just my experience of walking through it and drinking there.
2: Okay, so what we got next on your good?
0: Um, next, I've got. I did two tours while I was there. Um, I did the Welcome to Disneyland tour and yep. I did the Walking Waltz footsteps okay. tour, both of which were excellent. Both completely different. Uh, the Welcome to Disneyland tour was like a basic tour, kind of, you know, just introduces you to the Disneyland resort and tells you a few little secrets. But what they do is they take you on a handful of rides, and then they give you fast passes to another handful of rides. So wow. for the twenty for the twenty one dollars we paid to on a Friday to not have to wait in line for yeah. five rides. Yeah. that's so cheap for one of yeah. Yeah. Really it was.
2: Like got, the. Disney. Compared to the Disney World ones, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Walt this Disney this
0: Walt was a cheap nice. one. Um, plus you got like a pin, a special pin at the end of it, a Disneyland pin that was had the Mickey and Minnie dressed as the plaids, the, you know, in the kind of the tour guide outfits. Yeah,
1: that's oh, yeah.
0: So, which alone is probably worth about $12. So it was, that was really good. Um, and then the other one we did, which was the walking Walt's footsteps. Yeah. So it was the history of Disneyland, obviously based on the way Walt built it. So yeah. it didn't take you into like Toontown or Critter Country because they just didn't exist when Walt was there. Um, it took you down Main Street, told you a couple of little titty, tidbits, stories about the castle and the lands and them not opening Tomorrowland, the day it opened, um, and Fantasyland having to be closed because there was a gas leak. So you got to hear all the horror stories of Disneyland, the day it opened. Um, but then what I'd say was the highlight of that was that we got to go into something called the Disney Dream Suite. So oh, imagine no, yes. the 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 Cinderella Suite in Florida.
4: Yeah,
0: it's the same principle only this one was originally designed because Walt has an apartment above the fireplace in mm. Disneyland Yeah, um, and he would normally have people come to stay and it's not very big, it's only about I think she told us it was only something ridiculous like 150 square feet so it's only tiny um, so he uh, arranged to have one built above Pirates of the Caribbean um, which is now being complete which they completed for the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. Uh, it's back to his all original plans uh, they, they'd originally they'd laid it all out and they'd started to furnish it and then he died and they said to the family what do you want us to do do you want us to carry on furnishing it and keep going on with it or do you want us to just stop and they said oh we just can't bear to be uh, where you know something we can't bear to finish something that he wanted um, and apparently they never stayed in Disneyland again after that wow. so, but they finished it and we went into it and it. Out of this world. Each room is themed to a different land, yeah. or one of the original lands. Yeah. So the bedroom is Adventureland. Um, big four poster beds, big massive dark wood bureaus, um, and then they've got in every room they have what's called a goodnight kiss. Okay. So you press the just like the, the Disneyland hotel. So you yeah. press a button and ah, something yeah, special cool. happens in each oh, room.
2: That's awesome. So
0: in in that room they play like music. The score from the Jungle Book. Yeah. And then mermaids appear on a picture and it plays like jungle sounds and stars appear in the sky and then the like, trees appear on the walls. It's just really that's impressive. Cool. Is there one Each where
3: the train goes round? There's a train. Yeah,
0: that's the, the second bed. That was the master bedroom. In the second bedroom, which has two massive, massive beds, you press the goodnight kiss and the train goes all the way around oh. the roof of the, of the room. Okay, um, and then each little bit that it goes by is animated so it goes by like a replica of the sailing ship columbia and then that starts to rock uh, oh, awesome. as if it's on the boat and then it'll go by like a little cowboy in indian scene and they'll shoot and it's it's just it, it was so impressive it was wow. really impressive okay that was i think we paid for that one we paid ninety dollars for that one it's still um was a little bit more expensive but we got food on that one okay um, oh. and we got again we got a pin as well we got the walk and waltz pin that you only get um when you okay. do the tour which is the um, picture of him on the outside and then you open it like a book and then the inside it's his disneyland dedication speech wow cool you know the 12 come to this happy yeah. place welcome one brilliant that so okay. i'd say definitely definitely try and hook yourself up on one of the if one you've never tools. been to disneyland do the walk and walk the, do the welcome to disneyland tour okay Fab.
3: is there a waiting list for that or because i'm surprised for it to be so good price there's not a waiting list
0: the walking the walking waltz we were trying to book it for our la- for the last day of our holiday um, and they only had one space left and there was three of us so we checked a few other days and they didn't have anything and then my uh, my goddaughter who i went with said should we try tomorrow and we were like okay let's try tomorrow And the woman was like, yeah, we've got four spaces available for tomorrow. So we're just like, okay, we'll take it.
2: It's a newer tour, isn't it? So I'm not surprised it's still popular.
0: It's, um, I think we went in a bit of a lull as well. We went, because we went, while we were there, we had um, May the 4th, Cinco de Mayo, Mother's Day, the Tinkerbell Half Marathon, and we, where we did the tour and kind of that middle bit between all of that.
2: Okay. Right. What's your next good then?
0: My next good is this, the number of attractions plus the standard of them. They're, um, they're all really well-maintained, considering how many there is. I believe there is actual more physical rides, as in rides that you sit on and move around on, in Disneyland than there is in the whole of Walt Disney World. Wow! Not attractions, that's rides. Sit things on like rides. Space Mountain, Big Thunder yeah. Mountain, things that you actually sit on. I mean, you consider it such a small small space yeah to have that number of attractions and have them all wow. working really well and have them all kind of proper up date. yeah it's just it's pretty impressive especially when you consider that some of them are big technical marvels like indiana jones and ready at spring races you know these are real high technical rides yeah. and the, the the fact that they've the standard of them is just amazing mm-hmm. some of the best rides i've probably been on i think the only exception to that rule would be um What's it called at uh, Universal? The Harry Potter one.
2: Oh, uh, the Forbidden Journey.
0: Forbidden Journey. Forbidden Journey, yeah, yeah. I think that's the only exception to the rule. Um, I think this just the, the standard of the rides here just knocks socks off them all. Wow,
2: okay. Is that your last good of your one more?
0: No, I've got one more, and that is DCA's Disneyland California Adventure's $1.5 billion dollar makeover success. Having seen it before the makeover and having seen it afterwards, it yeah. just shows you that sometimes you have to spend money to make money and i think in the case of this it, it definitely benefited massively from the money that he spent on it um and i think that there's many parks around the world that could definitely take a little leaf out of this book because disneyland california is probably up there with with some of the best disney parks maybe not quite tokyo disney sea but definitely up there with with some of the best
2: fair enough okay right we've gone from the good stuff then so on to the bad stuff what we got
0: but it's pretty minor but it's really annoying. They don't, the security. So the security itself is, is spot on. It's pretty excellent. They've got metal detectors which they pick people at random. But the one thing that annoyed me the most is that they don't have a guests with no bags line. Oh. so yeah I know Wow. Okay. so you've got to stand behind all those people and their buggies and their trams and their backpacks with their seven children and enough snacks in there to feed a small country <laughs> um, having, having each individual pocket searched while you're sitting there going I don't have a bag, I don't have a bag I don't have a bag um, and it really kind of annoyed me because it's such an easy thing to fix um, mm. but they just they just still haven't done it, and Is it because it's been, the flow
3: of people's left
0: no, because the flow of people is, is, is definitely that's one of the busiest times I've ever been. Right. Um, there was never really a kind of a doubt. There was, you know, there was days, when it was quieter. But there was never really a down period.
4: Oh.
0: Um, so I don't know what it, I don't know what I don't know why. Were there but a just, lot
4: of people going in a, without
0: bags. A lot, of, yeah. You can see a lot of people yeah. going in without bags. It's, I mean, to be fair, it's mostly gentlemen um, or annual pass holders who are literally just come to watch the in the night parade or watch the fire watch or just come to have a quick go on Splash Mountain and then go home um, yeah I found it really annoying what was good though was the when we stayed in the Disneyland hotel anybody anybody that stays in the Disney hotel has their own private entrance um, to California Adventure which can save you loads of time but you still have to go through security there and again still no guests without bags okay. line
2: okay so that's one what's the other bad <laughs>
0: Congestion. The amount of congestion there is. Because it was obviously built in the 50s and it wasn't built for the number of guests that they get now, um, the congestion in certain areas is just, it's unbearable. Yeah. Um, and it can be solved by something as simply as taking out a planter or uh, taking down the old people mover track which is totally unused in, in Tomorrowland and it would just free up so much space but they just don't seem to be doing anything about it. There's a little area by Jungle Cruise and um indiana jones that takes you towards new orleans square which is just where Pirates of the caribbean is yeah. and it's just so tight it can take you about 10 minutes just to walk about okay just to walk about 30 meters so and it's just something that could be so easily fixed and they're just not doing it
2: so it's, it's only the two bad things like you say, not that particularly big yeah, yeah it is only those okay. two things It's right. just two things that
0: could just be so easily fixed and they're just not doing it so the final what thing about for health and oh. safety well, I mean, this is what I kept on thinking, was because if there was an emergency, trying to get the number of people that are in there through s- such tight spots, it would just be really difficult. Fair enough.
2: Right then, you're ugly. I think you My might ugly, one, so I you. have two uglies. I got two, okay.
0: First one is It's a Small World. Oh, oh. But normally I love it it's a small one no, no,
2: never <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think Disneyland Paris's is a really good one and Florida's is a good one. okay the Florida queue is not the best and it's not the prettiest from the outside but the ride itself is actually really good yeah Disneyland's inside is a mess it's so ugly it's paint peeling off the walls this is after me saying about the upkeep of all the rides is we really <laughs> good this is the one this is the one exception it's really ugly. Um, the, the roof is more, I mean, I know the ceiling in all the small worlds is an issue, um, but in here it's just completely noticeable. You see all the pipes and all the wires and stuff running along the floor, the paint peeling off the puppets, half of them don't move. It's just a mess. It's a big old mess. And the only reason I can think this is due to is that about 10 years ago they shut it down um, and they had to raise the canals because... Americans were getting so heavy that the boats were starting to scrape along the bottom of the canals
4: <laughs>
0: Oh wow! so they've had to raise all the canals by about two feet which means that when you're floating through the canals you are now two feet higher in the water than you ever were intended to be and I think it so just makes the sides way more noticeable
2: Yeah, um, look, so you can just
0: see all the inner workings and it just it just t- kept on taking me out the ride and I just kept on getting so distracted by it and normally that's a ride I would go on every time I would go into the park I rode it twice, and I only rode it the second time because I went with someone who'd never been on it.
2: Yeah, because that ride—it was of a mess. Been around since sixty-four, sixty-five. You know that is the original. Yeah.
0: So the fact that you've it got is, an original attraction
2: is. which you're now seeing from two feet higher—that's going to be a lot of work in order to change that.
0: Yeah, it, I think it was closed for about eight months to do it. Oh wow! Okay. And they had to change the boats as well because I think is it in Disneyland Paris we've got the Rose of Four. The boats, its very similar to the Pirates of the Caribbean boats, isn't it? Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, apparently. Whereas so, yeah. in I can't
0: remember that. California, it's like two—you can fit three at a push in each boat. Okay. So yeah, that—that that was definitely, definitely one of my ugly. It's not just—it's—it's an—it's just a mess. It that needs one a has lot of the, TLC. That
1: one has the Disney characters integrated. It into does, Pirates yeah. It exactly. does have Is the Disney good? characters in it.
0: It's kind of fun to spot them, yeah. And I like that they've put them in, in the the Mary Blair style. Um, I know there was a lot of people that were a bit annoyed. Uh, when they went in but they're, they're, they are done in the traditional it's a small world style right okay um, and that bits fun so it kind of i found that what i did most of the time was when i got distracted by the state of it i would try and spot the characters to try and kind of distract <laughs> yourself myself down. It is bring
2: yourself back into a a, the disney bubble yes okay.
0: exactly All right there we go so
2: thank you very much that's your good Open. sounds like you've had a really good trip and actually most of the stuff that you kind of saw was was not particularly horrendous and you are ugly as Small world, which no one should ever go on anyway, so it's not a problem.
0: <laughs> I have one. one more ugly. You got one more
2: ugly. So yes, you have. Go on.
0: One more ugly. yeah And it's construction versus ride closures. Okay. They've got a lot of construction going on there at the moment because of um, Star Wars Land. Yeah. Um, and it's shut down a lot of rides oh, okay. um, and a lot of attractions. So it shut down the railway, the Mark Twain, the Steamship Columbia, Tom Sawyer's Island, uh, Fantasmic. But not only does it shut those down, but Disney are still shut down. They shut down Autopia and Jungle Cruise while yeah. I was there and Pilots of the Caribbean while I was there. Mm. I think to have such massive attractions closing down at the same time that you've got, you know, X amount of other attractions closed down, but still increase your ticket prices, I think is a bit, a bit, I thought it was a bit nasty. A bit, I think it's a bit, a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a bit rude. I think it's a bit unfair. You've got, you know, it's $120 on a peak day to go to Disneyland and, Yeah. you know, to have such a, you know, I'd say 7-8% of the attractions closed. It's, I think it's a lot to ask for.
2: In that case, thank uh, you for sh- the Studios. Especially Jungle Cruise and
0: Fights Jungle Cruise was closed, Jungle Cruise reopened while I was there, um, but it was closed from Christmas. So it was closed for five months um, wow. and um, they told me that the railway will not be reopened until May next year. Ooh. so that's almost 18 months time, of closure it? yeah it's a long time john crazy.
2: what what were they doing on jungle cruise to it down for five months they
0: so they were just updating some of the animatronics but they were fixing the loading so they've now got underwater um uh, like an underwater something or other that holds the boats more stable than them having to keep um hand doing it by hand you know by throwing the ropes over and holding yeah, the boats in okay. the station by hand they fixed the station um Autopia was closed to get a brand new sponsorship which is now a completely different company and all the rides got a makeover and pirates of the caribbean um i think is just closed for tlc but i also believe they're putting fast pass into it okay fair enough e- because the, it's a really, it's always really busy. It's always about thirty-minute wait for pirates. Right.
2: Well, if you're complaining about attraction closures due to construction, don't go to Hollywood Studios any time in the next five years. I shan't be. <laughs> I definitely not a, shan't. Not be. a good idea. Okay, right. Well, thank you very much. Um, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like you had a really good trip. I'm jealous. I did. I'm overall, jealous.
0: I mean, overall, the, the bad and the ugly weren't enough for me to.
2: No, they're, they're nothing major, I really, think, which is good. So you don't want anything that's so bad or so ugly
0: that it ruins your trip. <laughs> No, exactly. And nothing was so bad or so bad that which is
2: good. And talking about uh things that might ruin your trip or things that you try and do that's a little bit different. Um we spoke to I spoke to a man named Philip Swift. He's a filmmaker and he was involved in creating a uh, a documentary called The Dark Side of Disney. I was able to talk to him and uh, this is what he had to say. I say and then it doesn't work. You watch We want to welcome a special guest to the show this week And it is a gentleman by the name of Philip Swift Who um, is a filmmaker Uh, It's not that we don't have filmmakers on very often And not only that, but a filmmaker who loves Disney And he's going to explain a little bit more about the project that he's been involved in So, hello Philip Hi Adam, how are you? I'm I'm good, I'm not too bad at all, uh, indeed The sun is shining, which is very unusual for Britain at this time of year Uh, And you are in New York, I believe I am, and the sun
5: is also shining here. It's a, it's a pretty decent
2: little day. Look at that; that's pretty good going. So, um, so yeah, they've just got this little film that you've been uh, been creating. Do you want before we start that? Do you want to explain a little bit about about yourself, about your background, and, and how you come to make uh, the film that you have?
5: Sure. The uh, short of it is that I um, grew up in Ohio. It's a little, uh, you know, state here in the in the United States, and. Um, I grew up in a city called Akron, uh, just south of Cleveland. And um, it, was a, it was a good little little childhood, I would say. Uh, nothing bad to really complain about. Uh, and every year, um, pretty much every single year, my mom, I uh, was raised by my, just my mom. My, my dad had passed away before I was born. And so it was my mom and my grandmother, actually. And every year we would take uh, a trip down to Florida to go to Walt Disney World. We went literally, I think, every year for the first probably 20 years of my life. Um, and it was just something we did every single year. Sometimes we'd squeeze in like two uh, if there was like a special, you know, holiday Christmas kind of thing going on. Um, and it was just our, our trip, our, our normal, like, you know, family trip every year. And we had a, a really good time doing it. And even as I got it to be like a jaded teenager, I still was into it. And I would look at it from different angles and start to absorb it from, in different ways. Um, and then, uh, and I'd always been fascinated with filmmaking. Um, and around the age of 13, I started making my own movies with my friends with a crappy video camera. Uh, and in my twenties, I kind of shifted away from making like goofy narrative films to more kind of, I guess you could say serious documentaries. Um, and my first feature was about, the town of uh, Celebration, Florida, which is the town that the Disney Corporation built inside of Walt Disney World, in the southwest corner of the the property, there's uh, a town there now that about ten thousand people live in. Um, and I have questions about the town that no one could answer. Specifically, after a, a a murder occurred in the town, a guy was bludgeoned with an axe and then strangled with his own shoelaces. Um, and I had a lot of questions about this town, and you know why, how this this place that was built by the architects of the happiest place on earth. How it got to this point, point. Uh, and so I literally just went down and spent time, uh, talked to the residents, talked to you know business um, owners and local uh, the local high school and everything, uh, and made a film out of that, uh, and that turned into um, a decent old documentary uh, that then got me kind of hooked into this examining Disney kind of niche. That then I decided instead of like looking at Celebration, I kind of turned the camera back. Trying to examine why, I uh, not only myself but specifically my mom had such a fascination with with Disney and the Disney Parks, uh, and that's sort of where the, the birth of the Dark Side of Disney, um, I, to where it started.
2: And you talked a second ago about the um, documentary you did, which was is that the Bubble? Yeah, the yeah, um, which uh, looks, I say it's not a documentary I've seen yet, but it looks a really interesting documentary. A celebration was obviously a, a, a different experiment that Disney tried. It was almost like the Epcot style idea that they wanted to sort of have a go at in a very different kind of way um and that obviously got you into that that disney-esque element now when you made the bubble i take it disney didn't still own celebration is that right
5: no, they had um, a deal with the the town and the people that live there that after ten years they were going to slowly, or in the first ten years of the town, they were going to phase out ownership um, of the town. Uh, there was a board of directors for the town that was like it was like ten people I think, and all ten of them initially were were Disney uh, employees. Um, and then over time, um, those people were phased out with mm-hmm. people that actually lived in the town, and worked in the town, and had a larger stake in the town than the company did. And then after 10 years, they sold it to a, another property management company. And Disney kind of um, to, you know, let, gave up ownership of it and mm-hmm. left it to be in control of the, the townspeople themselves and this property management company.
2: So The Dark Side of Disney, your new uh, film, is the first time you've really encountered disney as disney i suppose
5: yeah yeah celebration was definitely the bubble was more looking at this town and how it was built and disney was on the the fringe and everything um but yeah dark side of disney is definitely the first time that i've really directly looked at um disney and their their you know larger uh influence on on society and culture
2: okay so uh let's talk a little bit about dark side of disney then Um, you talk in the film about the fact that it was an inspiration behind uh, it was Leonard Kinsley who wrote the book Dark Side of Disney uh, and that was kind of one of the inspirations behind why you decided to look at this alternate sort of universe I suppose this alternate view of Disney is this something you were kind of into before you read the book or is it something that was sort of brought to light by reading it
5: uh, I was always into like kind of how everything worked. When you go to the, any of those parks, like you start to like, you, you, as a little kid, you're just wowed by the majesty of it. Hmm. Uh, but then you get a little older and you start to think, okay, well, how do they do that? Like, how how am I really tricked into this, uh, you know, fantasy world? And um, what's going on behind the scenes? And that was always something. That specifically, what's going on behind the scenes was always something that intrigued me. Um, and when I was done with the the bubble, uh, I had. Um, I was looking for alternative ways to kind of market the film, like who could I talk to to kind of get the word out about it. And I had read Leonard's book, which was also titled The Dark Side of Disney. And I emailed him and said, hey, you know, I think you'd enjoy this movie. It kind of falls in line with what your book's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he enjoyed the film, and we kind of just, for about a year, had a back-and-forth email conversation, just sharing, you know, links about weird Disney stuff and talking about it. And then I, I came up with the idea of sort of at first, I came up with the idea of adapting his book, looking at it as like a, a series of challenges, almost. Can, can we mm-hmm. achieve what yeah. he does? And for your listeners who don't know, the book is, is a travel guide that looks at how to have fun at the park from a more adult perspective. So it's like where to drink at the park, where to have sex at the park, where to like uh, do many other illicit activities in the park, Um, but then when I started thinking about that as a film, I I was doing a little research on YouTube and there's all these people on YouTube that do that stuff all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to go smoke this blunt uh, and then get on Space Mountain. um, And then it's just kind of like, it's fun to see, but then it's, you know, it's kind of an empty thing. You watch it and then you move on. And so my consideration then about a documentary inspired by his book was more about asking why. So his book tells you the how and the where. Um, to do these things uh, and i think a documentary that, that examined why people would be compelled to do these kind of uh, more adult activities in this place that is you know ostensibly made for children mm. um, i thought that was a much more interesting topic to tackle uh, in a documentary film
2: one of the interesting things uh, i like about the film is that there's no pretence that you are going to disney and it's all been set up beforehand you know there's a lot of films out there where they they try and make out that it's some sort of almost hidden camera idea that that nobody knows about it and the truth is somebody's completely behind it whereas you know there's some genuine scenes in the film where your wife is is really concerned over the fact that you're going to go and do these things that in a way in a disney universe are classed as illegal um and she's genuinely concerned you're going to go to prison for this and she's due (laughs) she's pregnant you know due to have your your child and and what where did you start you know this idea of you've got to go into a Disney park and you've got to do things that are completely against anything that any guest should do and and there's a risk that you could be banned from Disney forever you know how did you go about kind of safeguarding yourself from from that being completely banned from the parks
5: <laughs> well first there were no there were no safeguards uh, there we, we probably were at any you know any given day definitely at risk of, of getting caught or, or pinched for certain things we were doing but to take a step back for one second, um, so yeah, my, my, I, I talked to Leonard and I had gotten the idea of making the, the film inspired by his book, and uh, I, do, I was looking for a place to start, and coincidentally my wife was going to a, a conference in, in Orlando around the same time that my mom was planning a trip. Uh, to go down to Orlando to go to Walt Disney World. My mom still lives in Ohio and by herself now. Now that she, you know, she's about sixty years old, she goes down to Florida uh, three to four times a year by herself, uh, and just goes to Walt Disney World by herself, has a good time, mm-hmm. does her thing, and comes home. That's just what she does. It's very, very interesting to me, but. When I was trying to think of a nice starting place for the film, like where to start start filming and everything, I, I of course, remembered that in 2005, um, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, and my mom went down to um, Orlando. uh, And we uh, snuck, uh, my grandmother, who helped raise me, had recently passed away from a battle with lung cancer. And we snuck uh, some of her ashes into the park, into into the Magic Kingdom. And we uh, covertly sprinkled them, uh, scattered them in the moat around Cinderella Castle. And to me, that was a very, obviously very personal, very like moving thing that we did. Very mm. you know loving tribute to this woman we loved. Uh, and it seemed to me like that was if I, if I was going to make this film, where I turned the camera back, uh, you know, looked at myself and the origins of my Disney obsession, and used Leonard's book as a inspiration for it. Um, that seemed to me to be the very the best starting point. Uh, and so. Coincidentally, because my my wife was going to this convention or this conference and my mom was going to be there, I decided to go down, too. Um, And I spent a day at the Magic Kingdom with my mom, just going around, sort of first to, of course, hear from her point of view the story of scattering my grandmother's ashes, but also to do it as kind of a test to see, okay, I'm going to go in with this this camera with a shoulder mount and, like, a mic and um, have my mom wear, like, a little, you know, uh, wireless uh, clip-on mic. And see what happens, see like if we get stopped, see if we kind of push the boundaries and see see what happens, test the waters. Uh, And nothing happened. Because when you look around those parks, there's people with cameras all over the place. There's even people with like tripods, like professional camera rigs with all this stuff just taking, you know, um, tourist photos. Uh, And so that was the the starting point for me. Um, And to go back to your original question about like the the safeguarding of, of being banned. Uh, we get asked that a lot in, in context of this film, from from the very beginning when we started talking about making it to, to now that it's out uh, on video on demand and DVD. Um, like, what would happen if, if you got banned, what would have happened? It's like the number one question we get. And to me, that that it wouldn't have been the end of the film. I think it would have actually been made, made a better movie, to be honest, if we could have been banned and then kind of follow the process. Uh, to what it's like you know, getting banned and then maybe the appeal process and uh, what it really means and then kind of expanded out to a whole other set of interview subjects of people that got banned for whatever reason
2: Okay, so um, thank goodness you didn't get banned Uh, Mm I thought it was a really interesting kind of beginning to the movie to have that sort of personal view and it's quite often you read about people who scatter ashes in Disney World and I've kind of read about people wanting to do it but I don't think I've ever managed to speak to somebody who's actually been able to do it and it's kind of been something that that people it's almost become a bit of a disney myth Hmm. uh, i suppose um so it it, it does happen um now obviously the film is out it's out in the public domain it can be watched by anybody what i'm sure you've been asked this question many times as well but have now disney might be aware of it has there been any repercussions
5: we haven't heard from like uh, Disney any like Disney lawyers or anything yet about a cease and desist or anything. Um, the other like the, the one notable thing to think about is that a couple of years ago there was a, a film that came out called Escape from Tomorrow. Yeah, I remember. that was this yeah this black and white like psychological kind of thriller kind of thing. Uh, that was a huge hit at Sundance, um, and everyone said, oh, you know, it's a festival hit, but it's not going to go further than that. It's not going to get distribution. And then it got distribution. Well, it's not going to be, you know, on Netflix, and then it was on Netflix. Well, it's not going to be on the shelves at Walmart, and now you can go to Walmart and, like, buy, you know, this film on DVD, <laughs> and apparently, like, if you listen to, like, podcasts or reader interviews with the the filmmakers, like, yeah. they never, Disney never commented, because if they do, you know, there, there's a thing called, like, the Streisand effect, yeah, where... Where if you comment on something that you're trying to, um, you know, push to the side or you know, sweep under the rug, it just puts more light on it for more people to see. Um, and uh, the funny thing about making this film and having it be, people see it, see the title, just the title, and they think, oh, it's an anti-Disney film. Um, but if, and of course, we do, we do some very illicit activity in the park. We mm. there's some drug use and there's a, a creation of a counterfeit cast member ID for sneaking around and everything, but. Uh, it's all in, in 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 good good humor, but um, in the in the creation of this film, the process of making it, like I converted people, oddly enough, uh, to put it that way, uh, to uh, become Disney fans. I mm. we, we specifically went to Disneyland to film some of the stuff with the the social clubs. Ah, out there, yes, with, of course, yeah, yeah. And I have a great friend of mine I've known forever lives out in LA now, and he's a, a filmmaker in his own right. And I said to him, "Hey, do you want to come film stuff with me? It'd be great to have a, another camera." And he was like, "Yeah, of course. I've never, I've never been to a Disney park. It'll, it'll be funny to go and, and see it." You know, he's like this 35-year-old guy and had never been to a Disney park. Didn't really care about the movies or anything. He and his girlfriend came with me to Disneyland. They spent, I think, maybe two or three hours filming, and then they kind of, you could see, they kind of got like an itch, and they're like, "We're gonna go ride this ride over here." Is that okay? <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, fine, whatever. It's fine." And then I couldn't find them for the rest of the day because they were running around having a blast. And then they left. I think that day they, they like signed up to get their annual passes and oh, wow. everything. And since then they've, they've gone back. They go back all the time. It's like an hour drive for them to, yeah. to, to go whenever they want. And then when we had our uh, screening of the film in Orlando um, last uh, November... Uh, they were like oh you're screening in, in Orlando oh we want to come to that <laughs> and we're gonna go to Disney World so yeah they came to the screening and then they spent you know several days at Walt Disney World and they're full-on I was blown my friend who again 35 year old guy like never had any sort of mm-hmm. like you know interest in Disney he r- rolled up to Orlando to Walt Disney World with like full-on like you know Walt Disney World shorts and a Brilliant. Mickey Mouse hat and like a Disneyland backpack and I like, I felt part of me felt bad that I had like you know got him into this cult of the mouse um, but it's all because of the making of this movie that he is now an annual past member so Now talking
2: about um,
5: that's one extra
2: talking about those people who you converted to be Disney fans the, the big question is um, and for those who've seen the film will understand um, your crew that you had with you who you sent off during the movie have they been back to Disney World since? <laughs>
5: Uh, they have not that I that I know oh. of, definitely. My friend Joe, who who did, does a, a bulk of the filming and shows up a little bit in the movie, he um I, he lives here in New York, and I just saw him the other day. We went to see Captain America: Civil mm-hmm. War, mm-hmm. and um and I he he said uh, he's like i never he's from Florida actually yeah. he grew up in Florida, and he's like I'm never gonna go back. I've got no reason to go back. <laughs> uh, and I was like, what if you make another movie uh, that involves Disney in some way? He's like, okay i'll go back <laughs> oh, i'll go back for that oh he's trying
2: but, to be a secret fan
5: right yeah exactly yeah if you're gonna make don't bend my eye. okay i'll go okay. yeah i, I remember uh,
2: very clearly seeing him um look very confused by the tta
5: well that's no that's zach zach is the other guy ah, uh, right, okay. who, who did was another one of our, our uh and again he's a guy another friend of filmmaker friend of mine who i knew here in new york now lives up near boston and he um born and raised in brooklyn had hardly even like left new york at all Mm -hmm. uh and i I asked him to come along to film uh and on the way there he wasn't even supposed to be in the film that much but on the way there like on the flight to florida um we really got to talking about how he had never been to hardly any even amusement parks let alone disney world and it just became very obvious to me that we needed to get his point of view in the film Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's amazing how, uh, people, people love him or hate him. They like, people will be like, dad, what's wrong with that guy? It's Disney world. It's the best place <laughs> on earth. How can he, how can he not see that? Uh, and other people will see it and be like, Oh, you know, I get, I get that guy. Like, cause I, you know, I, as an audience member feel the same way he does, or people are just happy to hear you know, a different point of view. He, as far as I know, Zach has no intention of going back anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm but, surprised? yeah, but maybe someday, who knows?
2: I don't want to give too much away about the content of the movie because if we do, then they, then people aren't going to go watch it. Um, but there are several things that you do manage to do in the parks and you manage to get away with. It. Um, on a side note, it's amazing to see footage of Horizons again, uh, especially footage in a way that I don't think I've ever seen it before, which is even better. Yeah, those um,
5: guys, uh, Hoot Gibson, who we, we interview in the film, mm-hmm. um, has spent 30 years uh, at the Disney parks jumping off the ride since he was a teenager. Uh, he would basically get on these, not like the roller coasters or anything, but get on these slow dark rides and, mm. and jump off and sneak around behind the scenes. And he, and uh, he met a guy while working there, uh, who he called chief. Um, and the two of them literally spent 30 years, uh, filming all this stuff. And in the last 15 years, um, last 20 years, really, he's put it all online and you can go and see not only horizons, but, mm. um, like name the ride that, that you would think about jumping off and they, they have it there and. Uh, and it's really impressive stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I remember back probably early 2000, i just kind of stumbling across his blog on the internet, uh, and seeing all these pictures from behind the scenes and horizons and just, just going down this nostalgic rabbit hole of mm-hmm. being completely blown away by it. And I kind of f- forgot who he was, um, until I met him again. I was like, Oh g- yeah, of course you're, you're the Mesa Verde times, mm. uh, guy that's his website. It's Mesa Verde times. um, and he's just the sweetest guy, like the nicest, sweetest guy you could ever imagine. And he's just got amazing stories, and and it just boils down to this obsession, this this love for this park, and the way it's really for, for the love of the park the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think, a great part in the film where he's showing us around the place he works now,
4: ah, where yeah, it's he park said,
5: drive. "Yeah, he says like you know the, the things we're doing here aren't a new idea. It's stuff that people in the in the '50s and '60s talked about. It's stuff that Disney talked about. Like if you put some
2: time and effort into these parks." Yeah. Um, people will come and and they'll have a good time. So there were two main things I I would say you got away with in the parks. Um, Don't want to give those away. But were there any other things that haven't made it into the film where you went to try and do something? uh, And obviously we know you didn't get caught, but there was a point where you went, actually, do you know what? This isn't going to happen. We need to back away from this now.
5: (laughs) We just need to walk away. That's something that one of the tips that people will tell you, that if you know you're doing something wrong in the park, whether it be smoking weed or yeah. like you know making out too yeah. hard on the on the people mover uh, whatever it is um, the the law actually is that uh, park employees cannot touch you they cannot physically touch you um, so and if they do you have the right to like you know I don't know sue them or something uh, but so if you know you've done something bad uh, even if it's jumping off a ride and sneaking around behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, and someone comes up to you and says excuse me, we'd like to talk. They never say like you're coming with us, you're going to security, like you're busted. They always say things like, We'd like to speak to you for a moment for a unique opportunity
4: or <laughs>
5: like, Oh, we've been looking for you. You've been upgraded like whatever that means. And then they're they're looking for you to acquiesce and then go with them. Mm-hmm. Uh at that moment, if you've done something wrong in the park, not that I'm advocating this, um, you have the option to then just walk away. Uh you know, just Cut your losses. Say, you know what? I'm good, and then just run to the exit yeah, and yeah. Get, get get back in your car or on the monorail or whatever, and and go home. Uh, the one thing, the one big thing that we didn't do that I wish we had done is that there is this old um, water park called River Country. River Country yeah, um, yeah, that is still there. It's and you can watch videos of it on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, videos of, of people there, and it's so eerie to me because it's, like, 100% still there. Like, the whole park is still there, yep. but it's overgrown, of yep. course, and, there, and there's all this stuff. But, like, the music is still being played, like, <laughs> and, the, and the lights are still on at night. And it just seems, like, such a weird, like, waste of mm. energy to, like, mm. keep these things up and running. Like, wh- it, 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 I would love to, like, not only sneak back there, but then also, like, have a get an interview with somebody at the park. Like talk to someone like why like is it is it on like the same line as something else so you can't turn the power Mm -hmm. off or why you can't bulldoze it and like make something new in this land like River Country always to me I remember going there as a kid um, and then the 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 urban legend is that they shut it down because there was the whole idea was that it was this natural water park Uh, there wasn't chlorine or anything in the water and um, there was apparently a, a parasite that they found. Um, in the water that was like getting into people's like brains and causing uh, issues um, Which is not something you want at a Disney water park. Yeah, no, no uh, so way. They, <laughs> Right, so they kind of just you decided to, to shut it down um, But yeah, that's one thing for sure that I wish we, we could have gotten into because apparently it's not that hard You just kind of park at this like barbecue restaurant near their campgrounds uh, And then just walk out past the dumpsters and there it is. Wow yeah, and it was literally it was like the last day that we were there. Yeah. We kind of were all with the night before we'd gone to the the Christopher Cross concert, uh, which is is worth the price of admission to <laughs> the movie alone, I think, for for anyone that has seen it. Um, and it was the day after that, and we just all everybody, Joe and Zach and I, we were all just kind of exhausted from like you know five days of constantly uh, doing stuff at Disney. And I brought it up. I said we should go to River Country, and everyone was like, Yeah. And then we ended up just getting in the car like, going to the airport early and yeah, just sitting there and not talking to each other. Oh, <laughs> fair we, enough. We're kind of just done.
2: Okay. So the the film is The Dark Side of Disney. Uh, where is it available, both in the U.S. and in the U.K.? Because I know we have listeners from both sides of the pond.
5: Yeah, it's available to stream uh, in the UK on Vimeo. Um, Vimeo is a great uh, website for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't know about it. It's basically a simple way to, to say it's like it's like YouTube for professionals. Um, but they recently started a new uh, video on demand service that is available internationally. Um, so you can go to vimeo.com forward slash on demand forward slash the dark side of Disney um, to check it out. Or you can go um, to com. That's dsoddoc.com as in Dark Side of Disney, mm-hmm. doc.com, uh, and that's the main website for the film, and there's a button right there that'll take you to Vimeo. Um, and uh, we, are, we are doing some promo code stuff, like you get 10% off if mm-hmm. you uh, if you put, when you check out, only on Vimeo, uh, if you check out, you put in the word drunk, or you put in the word Walt Life, uh, any of those will get you um, 10% off, uh, not only a rental, but also or, or a purchase of the film.
2: Oh, brilliant, so okay.
5: Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's a whole dollar off if you are purchasing the film.
2: And also, if you want to look into the other stuff, The Bubble is also on Vimeo as well. Yeah, The Bubble's on
5: Vimeo, available uh, internationally. Um, They're both also available uh, on DVD through um, The Bubble's available on Mm TheBubbledocumentary.com and at DSODDoc.com. We have three different versions of the DVD for sale. There's like a basic $10 version that has the movie and some trailers on it. Mm For $15, you can get one um, that comes with a downloadable soundtrack. Features uh, 25 songs uh, made by my friend Gabe Shray, who, mm-hmm. uh who is a great musician who does music for all my movies. And for $20, we have a special Darksiders edition, um, which has the film, the downloadable soundtrack, the trailers, but also has online access to a ton of special features, um, uncut interviews. Uh, so if you are into somebody like Dana Snyder, who's in the movie, mm-hmm. who's the voice actor, um, who does the voice for uh, Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force and countless other cartoons. Um, we talked to him about drinking around the world at Epcot, yeah. um, and, but he's only in the movie for about 90 seconds, I would say. Uh, that was an hour and a half interview uh, wow. at this uh, restaurant in, in Burbank uh, in California, and he it is a hilarious interview because it goes on forever, and he's just like this verbal steamroller who just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking. Um, Plus, you also get access to a lot of the, the greatest hits. Uh, if you liked the Horizon, fo- Horizons footage in the yeah. film, uh, the Dark edition DVD um, with that online access to special features gets you un- the uncut footage from oh, wow. all of the Hoot and Chief stuff. Not all of it, but the stuff that we used in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, and that we do ship those internationally, so that's not a problem at all. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, definitely.
2: Well, I hope you've got another Disney documentary in the pipeline.
5: Uh, there are talks, there are are a couple things, a a, a unique opportunity just popped up with a a cousin of mine who I hadn't talked to for a while, and it's a long story, but basically he was, the the pitch of it, I'll tell you really quick, is that he is this this, like super right-wing conservative guy Mm -hmm. who moved to Florida and was like working for like all of these right-wing conservative um, like political campaigns, and then he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, and all of a sudden, he couldn't afford healthcare. Uh, he couldn't get treatment. Uh, the only thing that like eased his pain was uh, was, was medical marijuana, or not even medical marijuana, it was marijuana, which of course is illegal in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and he quickly, because of all that, became more of a, a progressive, like left wing, uh, liberal kind of person. Uh, and now he is actually going to be moving back to Ohio, where we, where I grew up with him. Uh, to start his own medical marijuana um, weed farm. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so, yeah, he, and he called me literally last week and was like, I've got a pitch for you and, like, wanted to, like, literally tell us the whole story from being this conservative right-wing to this liberal, like, you know, Democrat and uh, his shift in, in perspectives and um, and looking at how uh, specifically, you know, healthcare and stuff like that, you know, medical issues can, can cause someone to shift their perspective in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe stepping back from the Disney stuff for a minute, but...
2: But who knows um, you may be right. yeah uh, yeah sure it could be an interesting enough. thing well thank you very much for joining us uh, so thank so you it is vimeo.com forward slash on demand forward slash dark disney or it's d-o-s-d-doc dot com d-s-o-d Darkside. yeah d-s-o-d dark can't do my acronyms thank you very much philip thank you adam well there you go then that's our interview with philip and i've got this music but you've not heard for a while so I want to just briefly talk uh, Disney Bit Running Team uh, for everybody. As obviously already mentioned, uh, I talked a little bit earlier about me doing Tough Mudder last weekend. Thank you to those people who did sponsor us for doing that particular event. Uh, if you haven't sponsored us yet and you want to sponsor us retrospectively, then you can go to JustGiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. Also, if much easier way of doing it doesn't even require you to go onto the website, doesn't require you to have to sign up to anything or do anything of that nature, you can text DB99 and then however much you want to sponsor. And you can send that to 70070. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about uh, running team is uh, not because we have any major announcements, but just to remind everybody that if you are uh, going to be running the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon, you've got until the 5th of June in which to get your medical certificates in uh, and online. And I know that some doctors are looking at these medical certificates and are looking very confused as to what they are and what they're supposed to do and all that sort of stuff. Um, Some doctors are charging an absolute fortune as well, but I know a few people have had their doctors take it away and go and do some research into it because they haven't got a clue what it is it's about, or what's going on or any of that sort of stuff. So do please uh, make sure you check that out so you don't end up running out of time and therefore cannot take part in that half marathon. Uh, okay, are we all still here? We are. We're here. All still yeah, 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 good stuff. Right, Susan came up with a great idea while she was away in Walt Disney World, and um well, Susan, do you want to explain this kind of audio idea that you came up with?
3: Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think where I heard it from. I think it was what um, X. Um, it's not XFM. It's X Radio X. Yeah. Where they, it was trying to. I think it was. um I think it was a. Uh, one of the presenters were saying, guess what I'm eating? And he just had audio of him eating a biscuit. Right. And I was thinking, oh, that'd be really good to do something for like that in Disney. And I went, well, we, oh, I can't really do that for food. I was like, should I do it for rides? So I was thinking, right, how am I, so how would I do this? And I just thought, let's just record it on my phone. And I know there's there's loads of rides in Disney, so I'll be able to have a sort of a multiple different yep. audio for creating something that the listeners can sort of like guess or I was even thinking even you guys can guess of what rides I'm on because there's some like because some have really good theme tune background music and that sort of like give it away but then some are quite hard okay. so I thought it'd be quite nice again
2: so uh, we've got some audio that uh, Susan's done for us I have no idea what it is none of the team have any idea what it is so what we're going to do is going to play it to you now and you can email us radio at over the next uh, few weeks and tell us what you think it is we'll attempt to try and put it on facebook and twitter if it's possible i'm not sure how but i think it might be uh and you can guess on there as well so this is the first one that we're going to play for you have a listen is it Uh,
3: like the early like a 20
2: second one this is the like 40 second one or something like that yes so here we go right so listen to this see if you can work out what you think this might be Oh, I've worked out what it is. You're on a Spanish roof <laughs> with Katie, aren't you? Yeah. You can hear it. You can hear you can hear the wind. Okay, so that's it, I'm gonna play once more, right? <laughs> you sound absolutely petrified. Here we go, listen once more. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the end of it's brilliant I thought that was it okay so that is the uh, the audio and we want you to send us an email radio at disneybrit.com let us know what attraction you think that is right it's time for this because it is the end of the show thank you very much for joining us once again thank you John
0: thank you very much thank you Gareth I'm sad now
2: you are sad now thank you Gareth yeah, I'm sad now <laughs> thank you Adam thank you Katie thanks and thank you susan
3: oh thank you and apologies for that screaming you were
2: pleased to know this is the end Okay, there's no more this is the end but uh, thank you again as I say for joining us you can contact us with any questions comments suggestions anything like that we also want you tomorrow's child which is if you could overlay anything onto an attraction and make it something a little different what would it be and also you can guess what that noise was that what attraction <laughs> Katie what attraction Katie was on you can send all of those to radio at disneybrit.com you can also follow us over on twitter which is at disneybrit and on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash DisneyBrit podcast. and if you want Want to join the Disney Bit Running team, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit running team if you want to join us for that half marathon. Of course, don't forget you can also sponsor us for everything that we've been doing. It's justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. Or you can send a text, to DB99, the amount you want to sponsor, and then send that to 70070. Um, I think that's everything. I'm trying to think if I've missed anything. I don't think I have. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a Disney Brit bite size, and then in two weeks after that, with a full show. But uh, until then, we'll see ya.
5: so Sw-